Welcome to CII Radio. I'm Bobby Seals, Communications Executive at the CII. In this episode, I'll be talking to James Daly and Melissa Collette. In this episode of the podcast, we're discussing closing the customer expectation gap and actions insurers can take to improve customer understanding of policy coverage. We're joined by James Daly, Managing Director at Fairer Finance, and Melissa Collett, Professional Standards Director at the Chartered Insurance Institute. To find out more about this podcast and for useful links, go to thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcast. Here's my conversation with James and Melissa. Hello, James, and hello, Melissa. Thank you for joining us on CII Radio. Morning. Hello. Really appreciate your time being here with us today. So, Melissa, when customers buy insurance, they have a level of understanding of what the particular policy they are buying entails. What do we mean when we talk about the customer expectation gap? Yeah, um, when people buy insurance, they're buying a promise of help when things go wrong. But the expectation gap is between what customers thought that promise was and what the provider intended. So it's this gap, you know, between what people think that their product is going to do and, and what it actually delivers. And, and we've seen this um, happen time and time again. And it's come to, to prominence recently under the pandemic during the business interruption test case. So really to improve trust, we really need to understand exactly what leads to that expectation gap and take steps to reduce it. Okay, great. And Melissa, you've been heavily involved in the Charter Transparency Forum. Obviously, it's impossible not to mention the challenges of the last year with the COVID-19 pandemic, which has meant that the insurance sector has faced unprecedented challenges to policy wordings, as exemplified by the test case brought about by the Financial Conduct Authority. Can you tell us a bit more about the Charter Transparency Forum and its role in ensuring the profession best meets the expectations of customers? Yeah, thanks, Barbie. So, you're right in that the the FCA brought a test case specifically around the meaning of business interruption policy wordings. And as a response to that, the CII thought it was important to address the issues arising from that case, which are really wider than just business interruption cover. They, they're about transparency of insurance cover across the board, this expectation gap. And so we used our convening power to bring together a, a range of experts um, made up of leading practitioners, trade bodies, a consumer representative in the form of James Daly, who's uh, from Fair Finance, who's on the call today, a, a legal representative. And we also had contributors from uh, an insurance QC and Paul Ree. And what we wanted to do when we got together in September last year is really discuss and debate these issues and, and how to tackle them and ultimately provide guidance for individual practitioners on, on how to increase transparency and cover. So I'm pleased to say in December of 2020, we published our transparency companion to our code of ethics. And uh, one of its key recommendations is to lower the reading age in policies and wordings to 13. And uh, this is really in recognition of the fact that literacy rates in the UK are, are low 
Um, one in six British adults have a reading age of, of 11 or less. So we thought by lowering the reading age to 13, at least we would hope to that the majority of customers in the UK would be able to read their actual policy document. Okay, great. And, and James, Melissa spoke just there about the work of the forum in increasing transparency and insurance cover. And obviously part of this includes lowering the reading age to 13 so that it's accessible to all. Um, I know that Fairer Finance measures the reading age of insurance policy documents to ensure they're comprehensible to customers. How is the profession doing with this at the moment? Yeah, thanks. I mean, we, we look at retail policies across car, home, travel, pet insurance, and we analyse hundreds of them every six months when we do our customer experience ratings. And the average reading age of a retail insurance policy document is around 18 at the moment. And at the margins, there are examples that have reading ages of, you know, into the mid 20s, late 20s, uh, early 30s. You know, obviously reading age is a, is a sort of broad brush tool. I think some people take it a bit too literally. What it actually is, is a formula that calculates the average length of sentences and the average length of words in those sentences. But, you know, as a rule, it is true that the longer the sentences get and the longer the words get in those sentences, the harder a document is to understand. And, you know, I think it's really important the Transparency Forum has recommended that, that we get the reading age down to 13 and below because, A, we know it's possible and B, it's in everybody's interests, you know, it's in the insurer's interest as well as consumers that these documents are written in a language that customers can understand. Uh, and I don't think we need to confuse that with dumbing down these policy documents. Uh, you can write language clearly without, you know, losing the complexity of, of what underlies the policy. And there are a growing number of insurers that have started down that journey now. And I, I think it's a, a big moment that the CII has, has landed that expectation on its members as well. And James, can you give us some examples of where insurers are doing a good job at addressing the customer expectation gap? There are a number of insurers that have been working on creating clearer policy documents. And actually, we have an endorsement called the Clear and Simple Mark, which sets a high bar for both clear language and clear design, because that's important as well. You know, it's all very well having documents written in, in clear language, but if they're, you know, printed in six point font and the color contrast is terrible and it's very difficult for people to engage with them but we made our bar stretching for this endorsement and, and bought by many was the first company to ever get that for its pet insurance document a few years ago and since then we've worked with lots of insurers royal london scottish widows uh, we did some work with lloyd's bank and a growing number of companies are starting to 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 try and simplify their documents. And what we've proved in our work is that it is possible to write documents with a reading age of 11. You know, and, and, and as I said, it's not dumbing down a document. Uh, you can make it clear. You can get across all of those points that you need to, but make it much more accessible for, for a wider number of customers. And I think that, you know, an important point here is that Although a lot of insurers have deprioritized this, you know, they've known for years that their documents are not great for consumers, but they put it into the low priority box because so few customers read the documents, they think it doesn't matter. Um, but actually, you know, for those companies that have gone down this journey, we see that it leads to happier customers in terms of the polling scores that we record for them. Uh, it leads to lower complaints. It leads to 
better results at the ombudsman, so less upholds. And actually, when you go through the process of tearing apart your old document that you've been using for the last decade or so uh, and try and put it back together line by line, you realise that, you know, a lot of these documents are not really doing what insurers thought they were doing for them. You know, they've been iterated over years. The people that wrote them have moved on from the organisations and, and, and nobody there even knows what this clause or that clause was was quite meant to do in the first place. So it can be quite a painful exercise to do, but it's so important and the benefits of it, you know, are substantial. So, you know, I really hope that the CII work becomes a catalyst for, for, for big insurers saying, okay, the time's up, you know, we do now need to get on with this. Excellent. Hopefully we'll, we'll see a lot more of that across the profession in 2021, James. And Melissa, and the importance of insurance professionals really ensuring transparency of communication around policy coverage is right at the forefront of, of the guidance that's been issued from the Charter Transparency Forum. And transparency is also one of the principles that underpins the CII's Code of Ethics, which all CII members sign up to when they join us. What further work needs to be done to ensure customers fully understand the of insurance cover and the service offered by insurance products. Thanks, Bobby. I think it's um, at the moment we've had a Supreme Court judgment, and I think it's really now up to firms to learn the lessons from the the BI test case and really address concerns of customers right now who are making claims. And this applies to insurance companies and brokers and really all those who are touching the customer. Our companion guide provides high-level principles that individual professionals can apply, you know, working within these firms. And it provides case studies looking at scenarios from you know, including business interruption and also home insurance and pet insurance and others. So it's something that that professionals can apply right now, working within firms to to help customers. Great. And James, from a fairer finance point of view, have you got anything to add to that? Yeah, for me, I think there's sort of two ends to this. You know, we've talked a bit about the importance of creating clear policy documents. And, you know, that I think it's important to say that's not just about reducing the reading age. That's also about creating documents that are intuitive to navigate, you know, easy to to find what's covered, what's not covered. You know, if you open most insurance policy documents today, you'll find that there'll be sections entitled things like general conditions and important information, you know, which obviously are completely meaningless to the average consumer. So, you know, structurally, you need to make those documents accessible. But of course, a policy document is, you know, not going to be read top to bottom by the majority of customers. And I don't think, you know, that's what we should be aiming for. But perhaps even more important than getting clear documents is creating clearer customer journeys and using that moment when consumers are buying their policies to help them understand exactly what they're buying and what their policy covers and what it doesn't cover. And there are different challenges in, in different purchasing environments there. In the retail market, you know, more and more consumers buy their products through comparison sites where the emphasis is on getting them through to the end of the journey as quickly as possible. The customer doesn't want to spend any more time they have to purchasing insurance and the insurer wants to ensure that, you know, they complete that purchase. And so I think that opportunity to help the customer understand what they're buying is often squandered. And, uh, you know, I think we may need a bit of help from the regulator to ensure those journeys are, are clearer and, and we take the opportunity to help customers understand. You know, and, and in the case of the business market where there's a lot more intermediation, 
you know, I think that brokers need to be doing a better job of helping customers understand what they're buying and, and what and what they're not covered for. And I think the whole industry needs to sort of start seeing itself as the customer's partner in risk. So if you're not willing to cover a particular risk, you know, such as a pandemic, then that doesn't mean you shouldn't be mentioning it in the call. You should be saying, look, this is a really important risk. We can't provide coverage for this, but but here's some protection that might be available from the state. Here are the bits that actually, you know, nobody can protect you from, and perhaps there are some other things you need to do to mitigate those risks. But, but that's all about slowing the journey down a bit and providing, changing the role of the insurer, I think, in the relationship w- with their customers. So so quite a big journey for, for the sector to go on, I think, from where it is at the moment. But uh, hopefully the, uh, the the companion guide that's been published here will will be the start of that. Yeah, some really important points there. Thanks, James. Melissa, what, what is next on the agenda for the Charter Transparency Forum? I think that, as James said, the work that we've done so far is, is really the start. I'd really like for us to work with Fair Finance and develop some more practical guidance, things that James mentioned earlier, and really drill down into the, the concrete steps that firms and individuals could take to really move the dial on transparency. I think since we published the companion in December, we've been focusing on really getting the message out there. So we've been, various forum members have been communicating the companion guides messages through various channels. We've had a webinar and a press event. I've written an article for the journal, as you know, Bobby, and we're doing this podcast today. It's also going out in our newsletters to chartered firms, and we'll be doing some work with our societies as well. But one of the most exciting things, I think, is really commitments by firms involved in the forum to take forward this work. And I know one firm in particular is working on developing open source wordings, which they'll be sharing with the market. So watch this space. And really, these wordings are designed to be clear, setting the expectations at a, at a level that customers can understand and making the, the extent of cover really, really clear for consumers. And I think this will be really interesting to see where this goes. And another thing that we're doing is partnering with other stakeholders, such as Lloyd's, who have asked us to join their Building Simpler Insurance Products Working Group which is really aiming to produce learning materials and and practical guidance for the market on transparency. And interestingly, Lloyd's also recommends that cover and documents have a reading age of 13 or less. So we've agreed as a forum, just to bring this to a conclusion, we've agreed as a forum that we're going to check in in six months' time to see how we're doing. But it's an ongoing piece of work. Excellent. And Melissa, where can um, listeners go for more information and resources on closing the customer expectation gap? Yeah, so... All of this is available on our website. So if you type in CII Transparency Companion or CII Code of Ethics, you'll go straight to our landing page and you'll be able to access the guide there. There'll also be additional resources that you can access via the website, which provide more insights about how to close that expectation gap 
and improve transparency. And James, where can listeners go for more information and resources on the work um, being carried out by Fairer Finance? They can go to our website, fairerfinance.com, and they'll find some examples of the work we've done and the kind of ways that that we work with companies to help them improve their policy documents and also find out a bit more about our clear and simple mark. So that's the, the first place. And, and of course, do get in touch and happy to talk to anyone directly. Brilliant. Well, thank you, James and Melissa, for joining us today and sharing this information, which I know will be extremely useful to our listeners. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to this episode of CII Radio. To find out more, visit thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcast, or you can follow us on Twitter at CII Group. Until next time, stay safe and thank you for listening to CII Radio.